Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. Today, Pastor Priji continues to teach from Romans chapter 6 on how the death of Jesus on the cross made us free from being slaves to sin. Tune in to learn more. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. Precious Jesus, we ask you to minister to us one more time. We ask you to open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our relationships, every part of our lives, every aspect of who we are. Open us up to divine realities, divine possibilities that will shift us into the next level, that will shift us into the next dimension. We thank you for your presence in this place. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Chapter 6 has about 23 scriptures 23 verses we'll try and read through the 23 verses and pick up as many uh, or revelations as possible okay i i hope that you've uh, taken some time to read uh, through this chapter before coming uh, but if you haven't today we get to read together 1 2 3 go well then should we keep on sinning so that god can show us more and more of his wonderful grace see chapter 5 finished at this point that said that the more we sin the more that there is sin in a place the more grace is there where sin abounds grace abounds even more when sin increases grace increases you should understand that what jesus has accomplished on the cross okay the the magnitude of it continues to grow with the passage of time because with the passage of time more people are sinning more people are uh, being forgiven more people are being covered by that grace the magnitude of what jesus has done is ever increasing you know the other day i was watching this video on youtube about uh, space how you know they they say that um the our universe is constantly expanding that there is no they say it's infinite because the further the light goes it is the further the the whole universe continues to expand and grow you know they they say that everything began at one point and from that singularity i'm talking their words their language from their singularity from from one thing everything came from that one thing that's what they say and 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 they say that there was a big bang and from that point everything is spreading and it's going farther and farther away even today the universe is continuing to be expanded there are stars that are being birthed as you're here in this place there are stars that are being birthed there are universes there are galaxies that are being put into motion uh, you know every second every moment isn't that crazy now that's that's the same about god's grace because the more we think that man there is no more hope the more we think that man he has done this there is no returning from this point the more we do that the more the magnitude or the capability of that grace is because where grace always it increases and abounds where sin increases and abounds But now the problem with that understanding is that some people can try and take advantage of it. So Paul says, so because grace abounds where sin abounds, does it mean we should continue to sin? Does it mean we should continue to live a life that, you know, takes advantage of this wonderful grace that that takes advantage of God's love for us? No. because god's grace the purpose of god's grace is to enable us to inherit the promises of god we remember we spoke about the promises of god first to abraham then to his descendants and 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 everybody that has the kind of faith that you know abraham has will inherit the promises that was given to abraham and so this grace made a way for all of us to inherit those promises but it, it is not meant to be a license for us to continue to live how we want to live 
just because there is a lot of grace available for us, just because there's a lot of forgiveness that is given to us, just because there's a lot of mercy being poured out for us, that doesn't give us a license to continue to live how we want to live. In fact, you know, John would say it like this, that anybody that continues to sin or continues in a lifestyle of sin, they don't know God. They don't, they don't know just Jesus. They don't have a revelation. This is 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. He says, they don't understand him and they don't even know him. You know, when we started the study of Romans, we began with this point. Jesus is the gospel. You remember? Paul explained this in Romans chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Jesus is the good news. So when the Bible says that they don't know Jesus or they don't understand Jesus, what, what John is saying is, they don't know the gospel or they don't understand the gospel. Why are we taking these 12 weeks to study the gospel of Jesus? It's because sometimes we don't know this gospel and we need a fresh perspective of what this gospel is. And the Bible says, should we continue to live, on, live in sin? Absolutely not. Verse 2, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it since we have been you know disconnected from this sin you know this gospel that we are preaching this gospel that we are uh, you know submitting to this gospel it kills your desire for sin it kills your uh, you know appetite for sin this gospel it does welcome sinners this gospel it embraces sinners this gospel it doesn't condemn sinners and yet it destroys the attachment that you have to your old lifestyle it destroys that uh, you know dependency on sin it destroys it I'll explain it further today it says that we have died to sin how can we continue to now live in it we cannot continue to live in it. Now, I'm not saying that you will never commit a sin after you become a child of God. I'm not saying you will never make a mistake or you will never do something wrong. All that I'm saying is, we, if we are prone to continue living in it, if we are just, you know, continuing to give excuses and continuing to stay in that muck, then we've got a problem. Then we've got serious challenges. It's one thing to make one mistake. But immediately we have to rise up and understand why did I make this mistake? Where did I allow the enemy to enter into my space? Did I allow the enemy into my phone or my computer or my friend circle? Did I, did I hang out too much with this enemy? And the more that we become spiritually wise and intelligent and we draw safe spaces around us, the less is our chances to make these mistakes over and over again. And that's why the Bible says, can somebody that has died to sin continue to live in it? No, it's not possible. Verse 3, this is where we enter into uh, what uh, you know, Paul is trying to explain. He says, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ, Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. Now, you're wondering, why are we talking about death here? How, how, how did my desire to sin die? What, at what point did that happen? Did it happen the moment that I, I accepted Jesus? Did it happen the moment that I confessed that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior? At what point did that desire die? At what point did my allegiance change? It says that the moment you got baptized, how many of you are glad you're baptized? If you're not baptized, this is for you. If you're not baptized, this is telling you what baptism can do for you. It's teaching you the power of baptism. It says that when you get baptized, it, it, it says you are joined with Christ. You don't join a church. Trust me, you know, we, we think that this is how you join a religion or this is how you join an organization or this is how you join a church. No, that's not how you join a church. This is how you join with Jesus. He says, did you forget that when we got baptized, we have been 
joined with Christ. We have joined him in his death. The other translations would say we have been baptized into Christ. We've been baptized into Christ. You know what, what baptism means in the original language? It means to immerse. Immerse. It's, it was actually a commercial term used to depict how they would, they would dye clothes. You know, today we, we don't have to use dye as much as they would have to. You know, back then, clothes were just white in color. And then you would have to make a dye with that particular color. And they would have to immerse, dip it completely. And then when you pick it out, the cloth will have that particular color. You know, it'll be dyed. Now it will not look white anymore. And they will, they will continue to do it till they get the exact shade they want of this particular color. And that is what baptism is. And the, Paul says, don't you know you were baptized into Christ? That you were joined with Christ. That when you got baptized, there was a deep connection between you and Jesus. That, that at this point, it says, you, you have in fact joined him in his death. How many of you know death is not fun? It wasn't fun for Jesus. It involved a lot of rejection. It involved mockery. It involved insults. It involved hurts. So if you want to make this choice of dying, okay, if you want to make this choice of being joined with Jesus to the point of death, that is going to involve sacrifices. That is going to involve some people rejecting you, some people not being comfortable around you, some people not wanting to be friends with you. That would involve some people just saying, hey, this is, this is, this is crazy. You've gone crazy. You're, you're, you're talking a language. You're talking things that doesn't make sense. This death, it requires suffering. That's why Jesus, in fact, he would say this in Mark 10, 38 to John and James. Are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I am about to be baptized with? Jesus is about to suffer. And Jesus is telling James and John. So, you know, it's very natural for us to ask this question. Did James and John also have to go on the cross and die? Then what is the baptism Jesus was talking about? It was not the physical suffering. It was... It was something more. It was something further that they would have to be, they would have to die to themselves to follow this Jesus. They, have, they would have to be willing to lay down their, uh, you know, perspectives, their ways of life. They would have to put everything on the altar so that they can live with Jesus. Verse 4, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may live new lives. So, so this is what baptism does. It is a constant proclamation of your death and your burial. The physical baptism we are talking about, it's a, it's a declaration over your life that you have died. You, you, you no longer exist. You have died not only have you died, but you've been buried. It's a constant declaration that the person that I was, I have died. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now I can live new life. Everybody say, I can live a new life. Do you know what assures you that you can live a new life? Not your willpower, not your ability not your, you know, promises to God, not, not, the, not the decisions that you make. N none of that will assure. The resurrection of Jesus is what assures you. It, it, the resurrection of Jesus is what equips you. The resurrection of Jesus is what enables you to live this new life. See, the Bible says, let me read that once again. For we died and were buried with Christ by... Baptism, okay? When we, when we were baptized, we went into the water, we were baptized into Christ. We've been joined with Christ and we, we join Him in His death. 
we are willing to suffer we are willing to go through all the insults and the mockery and the and the rejection and the isolation from the people around us we are willing to go through it and we are willing to go all the way and now it says just like jesus did not stay dead forever jesus rose again from the dead and just as jesus was resurrected by the glorious power of the father now you and i we may also live new lives with that same power now we can live sanctified lives because jesus is alive now we can live lives that are going to bring glory to god john chapter 14 verse 19 jesus said because i live you will also live not because you are christians not because you have a particular religious affiliation not because you attend church regularly no this is what allows you to live a new life the fact that jesus is alive see this has to be the foundation of our gospel because we think that if if we have the right environment and if we have everything going for us and if nobody is you know fighting us only then i can live for jesus but the bible says you have everything required to live for jesus and that is the fact that jesus died for you that he was buried for you and that he was resurrected for you that power that was released when he was resurrected that power is now available for you and for me to take part of it and live this new life it goes on to say verse 5 it says since we have been united with him in his death we will also be raised to life as he was we will now not stay dead we will not stay insulted we will not stay in that place of suffering now we will be raised to life as he was just like him we will be raised it says that you know we are united with him both in the death and in resurrection when when we die when when we are willing to lay ourselves down when we go into baptism that is a sign of us be you know making a public declaration saying i am joining with jesus in his death and when you come out of the water what we are saying is i am alive with jesus in his resurrection you're you're in fact united with him the kgv bible says you're planted together with him you know what it means to be planted together have you seen the the method of grafting where it may be a branch of a different plant but it gets uh tied with a plant which is already you know flourishing and then within a period of time this branch gets attached to this new uh, tree and the bible says do you know that we were all part of a wild olive sh- shoot and then god grafted us into a tree into a different tree and that's what it says here he says we've been planted together with jesus planted when we go into the waters of baptism we've been planted together with Jesus the amplified bible says we've been permanently united with Jesus so it's not a temporary fix it's a permanent unity that nobody can break no hell can break no relationships can break this unity no 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 powers on on earth or heaven nothing can break this unity that you have with Jesus isn't that beautiful it says that you are permanently united and jesus would say in john 15 verse 4 now why don't you remain in me and let me remain in you why so that we can produce fruit now it is it is going to be our choice as much as you know god is not going to you know disconnect us from himself demons cannot disconnect us it's still our choice to remain there that's why jesus said remain in me stay here abide in me stay don't don't run ahead of where i'm taking you stay here where sits says for we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives we are no longer slaves to sin somebody loudly we are no longer slaves to sin it says that my old life which means my sins my addictions my uh, you know some people blame your genetic make for how you build how you're doing life some people say oh, no no this 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 runs in my family everybody in my family has short temper 
everybody in my family has uh, an issue uh, in this area and and we sometimes justify but bible says that all of that has been crucified with christ you know read it with me again it says my old sinful self it was crucified with christ the question is do you know this because it says we know do you know this if you know this this will be the truth that will set you free if you're unaware of it then you will keep making excuses you'll keep you know saying oh because of her or because of him he said this and she did this and you know my father said this and my my brother did this to me and and my pastor did not recognize or accept me we will always put blame on somebody or the other or else we can just say no my old self whatever it was it has been crucified now it doesn't have power over me my sinful self did, doesn't have power over me sin has lost its power i'm no longer a slave to sin paul would say in galatians chapter 2:20 i have been crucified with christ i like the term because he says i you know i have been crucified if we can just take that i element out of everything that we want to do i'm telling you our life will become so peaceful so easy all of the struggle that we have in life is because i want it this way the the pride of life you know the enemy tempted eve with three things it says the lust of eyes the lust of flesh and the pride of life i want it this way but if we can just crucify that and say you know and if we can just keep declaring that yes i have been crucified whenever something comes up and say no 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 you don't have power over me you've been crucified declare that keep confessing that because that is your truth that is what jesus has done for you it says when we do that we will no longer be slaves to sin come on look at your neighbor and say you're not a slave to sin look at somebody else and say i am not not a slave to sin either yeah we are not we are not we don't have to be obligated to live what and and do what sin demands us to do verse 7 it says for when we died with christ we were set free from the power of sin see the lord is continually you know helping us to understand the power of death understand the power of baptism that when you got baptized at that point the chain was broken the power was broken now when you sin it is because you want to sin before baptism you sin because you don't have any option but to sin because there is a attachment there is a cord that is keeping on pulling you back but now when you sin it is not because you have to sin now you do it because you want to sin because the bible says the power is broken now the there is no addiction pulling you back now it's the power of god is the power of resurrection flowing through your veins now when you still go back into doing the same thing it is because you 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 prefer it you know you 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 choose it you find it comfortable you find it convenient you find it the easy way out you don't want to go through the process of dying to yourself because dying is painful especially dying that i in me dying that is very hard so we don't like that so what do we do we go back to you know what we used to do we take back that person that we crucified and we say bro one last time okay one last time jesus <laughs> jesus will cru- jesus will forgive me but for one last time can you come back down let's go party for some time and you know one last phone call you know let's just if we can keep dying with christ paul says i die daily you know daily this is a daily process it's not something that happens once a week or once in a lifetime it's a daily process of dying to yourself he says if we can die with christ then we will be set free from the power of sin and our baptism is is a strong reminder that that has already happened in our lives that it has it has been broken that 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 chain that we had from our past life has been cut off because what you remember what we began with paul is saying 
don't don't continue to live in sin because you guys are baptized and when you did get baptized even though at the time of baptism you may not understand everything but this is what baptism actually did for you it broke that power of sin because now you became one with Jesus in his death and you are one with Jesus in his resurrection so you need to keep reminding yourself no i'm a i'm a baptized believer sometimes baptism we use it as a qualification to be in the church no don't, don't it is not you know nobody in the church is going to ask you hey are you baptized are you <laughs> nobody's going to ask you. you know by the way we we serve the communion to everybody there are churches that serve communion only to baptize them we serve it to everybody who wants to you know join with the body and the blood of jesus we serve it to everybody it is baptism is not for us to know something about it baptism is for you to declare who you are for you to disconnect yourself from your past and to and to have and, and to inherit a new dna and to inherit a new way of life and to say this is who i am i'm a, i'm a baptized believer i am no longer a slave to sin verse 8 it says and since we died with Christ we know everybody say we know. we know because if you die resurrection is inevitable we are all waiting for resurrection we are all waiting for the power we are all waiting for something miraculous to happen in our life but we are not willing to die you know this uh, you know somebody wore a t-shirt the other day everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die <laughs> it was a joke but you know there is truth in it right all of us want to go to heaven but but you talk about death that scares all of us because there is a certain level of uncertainty can you imagine uh, you know theologians still can't fathom what happened with the death of jesus the physical human death of jesus because can you imagine for that that point at least for that whole day that Jesus was hanging on the cross the perfect unity between the trinity got separated yeah for all of eternity the father the son and the holy spirit has never been separated but on the cross it happened can you imagine what what how scary that is because everything in the universe is held together by the unity of the father the son and the holy spirit and for that day when he carried our sickness when he carried our sins when he carried our pain our struggle and he died for us on that day that 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 was broken that that fellowship was broken that connection was broken you know that is the greatest level of torture that jesus could have gone through that's why he said i i don't i don't know if i want to go through this is it possible is there another way out father can you take this cup of suffering away from me can you you know is there a is there a different way because that was you know death death can mean uncertainty for all of us but the bible says if we have died with christ we know that we will also live with him Amen. tell your neighbor don't be scared to die don't 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 be scared to be buried so i i know what you're thinking oh i'm i'm a baptized believer i don't have nothing to worry in see as much as baptism is a one time thing this dying and being buried that's you know an ongoing process where we have to continue to die we have to continue to we'll continue to find traces of our old man 30 years after you're a child of god you will find a trace you immediately put him to death immediately you know like all all that the romans did no to jesus you have to do it to this character put him on the cross shame him completely and bury him say no this is not my my history this is not going to be my dna this is not going to be my legacy i i have i i have died with christ and now we know that i will also live with him with with the same power that Jesus rose up 
with the same grace, with the same purity, with the same righteousness, with the same anointing, with the same uh, unction that Jesus lives his new life. I am going to live with him. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to live in submission to him. Verse 9, it says, we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never, everybody say never, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Now, I, I, know, I know what you're thinking because many of you are asking, Pastor, I, I, I know Romans sits and yet I have fallen into sin multiple times, multiple times, multiple times I've gone wrong. It doesn't seem to be working for me. The Bible says this is how we can be sure that we can live in Jesus. We can live for Jesus. It's like this. It says, because when Jesus died, he died to never die again. He died to never go back into the grave again. So it's a one-time thing that he, he never will have to, you know, come back. And the Bible says, because there is no limitation on his resurrection, because his grace is so vast because he, he has been raised from the dead once and for all. And because death no longer has any power over him. And because I am united with Jesus in my death and I am united with Jesus in, my, in the resurrection, because of that, I know that there will be no limitation in my life. There's absolutely nothing that I cannot overcome. Absolutely nothing that I cannot I cannot say no to absolutely nothing that can put boundaries around my life saying this far and no further. Do you think there is anything that the resurrected Jesus cannot do? See, it's one thing the, the, the Jesus before resurrection itself could do so much. But, but think about the resurrected Jesus. Is there anything that he cannot do? Is there anything that he cannot do? He says, that is our assurance. And like I told you before, the resurrection of Jesus, it assures us, it equips us, it enables us, it, it helps us to live this new life that God has called us to. The resurrection of Jesus. So whenever you feel that you don't have it in you to push it one more day, go back to the resurrection. Do you believe the resurrection? Do you believe that God could raise Jesus from the dead? Do you believe that that same power now lives within you? Do you believe that you have inherited? The moment you receive Jesus into your life, you're not receiving an idea. You're receiving a person. Uh, with that person comes the power. With that person comes that uh, personality. With that person comes all the blessings and the anointing that that person carries. Death no longer has power. Amen? If Jesus never had to die again, that means I never have to sin again. Yeah, that's what it means. Don't, don't go out of this place believing that it will keep happening once in a while. No. If Jesus didn't have to die again, it means that I will never have to sin again. Amen. Verse 10. When he died, this is why he died. He died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. The other translation says he died to sin and he lives to God. He died to sin and he lives to God. When he died to sin, he broke the power of sin, which means that he, uh, you know, completely abolished its hold upon humanity. Does sin still exist on the earth? Yes, but the power the sting, the ability to mesmerize people and keep them enchanted, that is taken away. See, I began by telling you that sin doesn't have the power, right? I'm proving it to you from scripture that that is true. That now when we do these things, it's because we want to do it. Not because we are addicted. A child of God cannot be addicted to anything, guys. You cannot be. You, it's, it's not possible. It's, it's because we don't know the gospel or we don't understand the gospel that this sin can keep us in chains. See, it's like this, you know, I, I had a, a before Dino, how many of you know that, you know, there is a guy called Dino in my house? Before Dino, I, I had another uh, dog, the same breed, his name was Theodore. Now, uh, you know, my wife is uh, listening very intently as to what I'm going to say next. You know, when, when, when it was time for me to get married, 
you know, my wife said, it's either him or me, you know. <laughs> Both of us are not living in the same house, for sure. So uh, I had to do the very, very hard thing to, to give him up, to give him away. Now the funny thing is, now there is a way that he would respond anytime I would come into the room. When, whenever, you know, I would travel a lot and whenever I would come back or whenever I would meet him, even if I've just gone out for, you know, like a meeting and I would come back, he would, there is a way that he would respond. There's a way that he would jump up and, you know, receive me and celebrate me. Now, the thing is, he, we gave him away. Uh, he knows that I'm no longer his master. Uh, I mean, like, you know, the, the ownership shifted. Sometime later, much, much later, we went to see him. And guess what? He began to jump up and dance exactly like how he did when, you know, I was his owner, when I was the master. Why? Because somewhere down the line, he thinks that, he still thinks that it's possible that he's my master. No, I understand. Dogs are loyal, okay? They're, you know? But the thing is, you and I, we don't have to be loyal to sin. When, what, what we do is, we are like, man, I have to respond to this. I, I cannot ignore this guy. I, I, you know, I, I'm obligated to, you know, just take this call. I'm obligated. You know, you have no idea how, how good this guy has been to us. You have no idea how much, uh, you know, I have been helped by this family. Or you have no idea how, how, how much, you know, of a torture it is for me to not, you know, do what my sinful habits cause. We, 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 may, we may say all of that, but when we have the revelation that, hey, this guy is not my master anymore. I don't have to submit to this guy. I don't have to jump around every time he shows up. I don't have to respond every time he comes. No, I don't have to just begin to manifest every time he comes. Now, I, because Jesus died to sin once and for all, and he now lives to God, says, now you and I, we can do the same thing. We can imitate Jesus. We can say, I'm dead to sin and I'm, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to my old life, now I'm alive to this new life that God has given me. It says in Ephesians 5 verse 1, become imitators of God. Become imitators of God. Become imitators of Jesus. Now that we've understood the, the, the theory aspect of this, okay? Now Paul goes on to explaining how to practice this. What he's doing is his first you know, setting the ground rule and, and he is telling you, okay, guys, when you got baptized, you died. That was a symbol, that was a proclamation of your death. Now, death no longer has power on you. Sin no longer has power on you. The, the obligations of the past, it doesn't have any power on you. Now, you live just like Jesus is alive because Jesus is resurrected from the grave. Now, you can live with that same power. Okay, that is, Jesus, Paul is giving us the theology behind what he's about to tell us next okay he says this is this is the foundation the foundation is that Jesus died and you died with him that Jesus rose again and when you believe and you get baptized you rise again and you have power to live a new life then he goes on to explaining how you should practice it verse 11 everybody says so the so means that it is because of what has been written from verse 1 to 10 that now you can do this because of that. Okay? So, what does it say? So, you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I will ask, if I was in Apostle Paul's meeting or church, I would ask, no, no, it doesn't, it shouldn't it automatically happen? Because if Jesus died and I got baptized and when I got baptized, that has been, I have also died and I have resurrected and I know all these things, shouldn't it just automatically happen? But Paul says, no, no, no. But there is something you need to, some areas where you need to shift. See, when you and I get saved, the shift happens in our spirit. Everybody say spirit. And then we have a soul. And the primary, the main components of our soul is our intellect and our emotions. Then we have a body. Okay, you know that our body has a way of life. Those of you who know or who've been 
who have certain habits you know that if one day like if you if you have a habit of drinking tea every morning and for one day all of a sudden you stop drinking tea you know your body goes crazy the pattern is broken and you know your body can't respond properly and the same is there for your mind it's there in your emotions there are ways in which our soul and our body has dependency so paul says that when you believe in jesus the spirit is renewed the spirit is set free in the spirit things have happened that you have you are going to take the next 80 90 years to live it out but this is what you need to do in your mind you no know, right now he begins with your mind he says in your mind you should consider you should keep reminding yourself or you should keep confessing this in your head keep considering yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to the power of god through christ jesus consider keep considering keep considering keep 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 meditating keep reminding yourself in your head your your mind needs to be occupied with this thought see whatever you think in your head you will begin to manifest that if you think in your head that sin is more powerful then you will manifest sin if you think in your head that your boss is more powerful that money is more powerful then you will begin to manifest that whatever you believe in your head so paul says now because you know this truth because this is what jesus has done for us so now consider yourselves dead to sin he's talking to baptized believers now he's not talking to people that have not experienced because at baptism all of this happened but now he's saying now it's a constant process where you keep considering you keep changing your perspectives any time the enemy brings a thought any time the enemy uh, puts a, an accusatory finger against you you immediately say no 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 i will consider the better i will consider what god says i will consider myself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to the power of god through christ jesus some of us we are waiting for an electric shock to fall from the roof and come and then you say oh now i have experienced the power of god no it's you know it's something that you will experience when you begin to consider you know when you begin to transform the way that you think in your head because the soul is in between the body and the spirit and the soul can be the blockage of letting what is happening in your spirit to flow into your body now no matter what god has done in your spirit no matter how many prophecies you have received you know paul tells timothy hey now that you have received this prom- prophecies now you need to wage a good warfare can somebody just find that verse for me he's saying these prophecies have come and it is already established in the spirit but for it to manifest in your flesh you need to wage a warfare you need to pray first timothy chapter 1 verse 18 can you read it for me timothy my son here are my instructions based on the prophetic words that are spoken about you earlier may they help you give me a different translation give me an esv translation yeah by them hold on to them and by them you may wage a good warfare that you hold on to the prophecies because see we we think just because the prophecy has come it will happen no it will not you have to hold on to them and you you know by them you begin to fight a good warfare till it begins to manifest in the flesh that it begins to manifest where we can see it now our our problem is that we just say okay because god has done it no it will automatically happen it will not that is why paul says so consider yourself consider consider during the course of this week put up reminders if you especially if there are areas in your life where you're prone to saying you know or, or dancing whenever the sin shows up or or saying yes to the demands of sin then you need to put up reminders saying no consider meditate on this remind yourself you are dead to sin and alive to the power of god you're dead to the power of sin and you're alive to the power of god constant reminders constant confession constant belief constant declaration changes that is what changes the perspective in your head because it doesn't matter 
how much I preach to you, how much I pray over you, if you don't believe it, it will not happen to you. If you don't agree with it, it will not happen in your life. I can, I can stand on my head and pray that your addiction will break. But unless you also believe and agree with it, it will not happen. So that's why Paul says, so consider yourselves dead to the power of sin. Then he goes on to emotions, okay? What was the previous one? Everybody say mind. Okay. First he says, in your mind, you need to consider yourself dead to sin. The next verse, it says in verse 12, do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. Now we're talking about desires. Desire is heart, emotion, feeling, all of these things. You know, you, you use your own term. My, my heart is telling that I should do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad your heart is saying that. But do you know that your heart is not perfect? Your heart did not get saved yet. Your spirit got saved. Your spirit got changed. Your heart is not, you know, Christ-like yet. That is why it says, now do not give in to the sinful desires. Let me... Let me uh, read from another translation okay it says do not let sin reign over you or do not do not obey its desires so this sin is personified as a person and he's saying this sin it has feelings and emotions and desires like human beings have and then he says do not obey it do not give in to those desires so now it's not just enough that you change the perspective in your head now it's necessary that we guard our hearts. We guard our desires. You know, it doesn't, everything just doesn't happen just because somebody prayed over me. It's necessary that I do my hard work of letting what has happened in my spirit transform my thought process, transform my emotions, transform my feelings, let it further keep coming down. When it says do not let, what does, what does that tell you? Sorry? We have an option. It is your choice. In other words, it's saying that unless you love, sin cannot take over you. See, that's not the same about unbelievers. Unbelievers, they are, they are you know, bound to sin. They don't have an option but to sin. But for you and I who are baptized Christians, we, we, we don't have an obligation to sin. So that's why we have to, each time we have to give a permission, we have to give a signature saying, okay, yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Every time you give a signature, you, you're saying yes to it. That's why Paul says, no, do not give that signature. Do not allow. Do not let this to happen in your life. Because unless you allow or you give permission, sin cannot happen. Because you remember, its power is broken. And you're no longer a slave to sin. You remember that? That's what, that's the theory that we learned. Now Paul is teaching us how to do it practically. He's saying change how you function in your head and change how you, how your heart desires some things. Your heart desires something. That is why we should worship. Because when we worship, our desires get relocated, repositioned. One thing that I have desired. One thing that I have asked one thing that I'm after one thing that I seek so what is David doing he's repositioning his desires from the human physical realm to uh, things of heaven things that are eternal he's changing repositioning his desires and when we worship if you if you're struggling in your emotions if you're struggling in feelings if you're struggling with uh, you know how you know you, you're not able to make sense of you know what you feel you know, you, you have a strong attraction to this guy or this girl that you know you shouldn't be saying yes to. You know, you shouldn't get, you know, into a relationship. What you should do is go and spend time in worship. Just go and spend time in worship because when you begin to worship Jesus, everything else that has, you know, uh, hold on us, when you fall in love with Jesus, your heart loses its ability to say yes to other things. Automatically, your desires get realigned. Automatically. So, learn to guard your heart. 
it's not just enough that in your mind you remember this truth but in your heart do not give in to the sinful desires because if you do that then sin will end up controlling the way that you live verse 13 now he goes on to body there are people who will teach you body is not important what you do with your body is not a big deal it's just you know in your heart as long as in your heart you do the right thing as long as in your heart trust me these are theologies that people teach and believe and there is great following for this because they say that it's god doesn't consider what you do on the outside god only considers the heart but then paul says no 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 it's not enough that you be transformed in your mind it's not enough that you change your desires but your body each part of your body do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin instead give yourselves completely to god for you were dead your your body do you know that your body even though it looks alive on the outside it was dead before jesus came into you before you received jesus your body was dead your body was exactly how dino's body is sorry for equating you to a dog but you know dogs they don't have a spirit they don't they they can't do anything meaningful eternal with their lives and that is how that's what the bible says i'm not telling you this the bible says because you are dead the bible says you were dead your bodies it was dead but now that you have new life use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of god you you've been shifted from death to life now because of that you need to cause each and every member of your body each and every part of your body to submit that parts of your body to become an instrument of righteousness to glorify god to be used for you know i i receive a lot of correction from my wife about the way that i eat food because you know we we think oh th- th- that's not you know what's the big deal about you know you eat too much you eat junk what's the big the bible says your body is a temple of the holy spirit wait <laughs> your body is a temple of the holy spirit do you want you no know, i'm i'm just asking you this if if you know that this church is a place of worship would you dump garbage here then why would you dump junk into your body i'm preaching to myself here okay my wife is very happy that i'm saying this <laughs> use your body to glorify god use your body to glorify god because your body is also important for him yeah you're wondering but i don't take my body to heaven but right now your body is the temple of god your body it carries the presence of god so use each member you know how how much detail paul is giving he's saying each organs of your body has to be used for righteousness each organs again he's using the word do not let which means unless it's permitted it will not happen do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil or to serve sin the moment you stop giving yourselves to god the moment you stop serving god automatically we will fall down to sin what does paul say do not do this but do this do not you let it be used for sin but let it be used to to glorify god give yourself completely to god the thing is we don't we don't sin but then we don't give ourselves to god either what will happen automatically you will fall down automatically you will come down because your body needs something to do anything that you do except glorifying god is sin it may not be wrong ethically speaking okay but when you are doing something that doesn't glorify god that is sin it says use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of god now he's shifting gears again verse 14 onwards sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law instead you live under the freedom of god's grace so god's grace 
it, it, it liberated you from obligation to the law. It liberated you from the requirements of the law. Somebody said no longer. So sin is no longer your master. Okay, every time you feel like jumping up, just remember, he's not your master. Because the one thing that made sure law, the one thing that made sure sin will be your master is law. Is law. And it says because, you know, grace is superior than law, is more powerful than law. Grace, it liberated you from law. Not so that you can go back to living in sin, but now so that you can live to God, live for God, live for His purposes. It says, verse 15, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Somebody scream. Oh, of course not. So don't be fooled by those who teach such things. Okay? Grace has freed us so that we can obey God. Sin, see, you should understand, sin is very different from a lifestyle of sin. I'm not talking about sin. One sin, when you make a sin, when you commit a sin, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, if you sin, it doesn't say when you sin, it says if you sin, remember that you have an advocate in heaven. He is pleading on your behalf. You know, you know that. You know the power of having an advocate who knows the law in and out. Somebody who can plead your case. He says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, remember that you have an advocate in heaven. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father who can plead your case for you. But don't make a habit out of that. You know, you know your lawyer will dump you if you keep... You know, doing the same thing. If you keep killing him and bringing the case to him saying, please get me out of the jail. At some point, he's like, I'm, I'm risking my reputation to fight your case in the court. But if you keep killing people and I have to prove that you're not innocent anymore, that you have to walk scot-free, after a while, I can't do this. That's why sin is different from a lifestyle of sinning, okay? Where should sin? He says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to. Do you know that all of us are slaves? We're all slaves. Because we all have to inevitably obey something or the other. We may be obeying ourselves. And when we obey ourselves, you know who we, who we are obeying? We're obeying all those voices that trained us as we grew up. It may be the television show. Or it may be that way, the tradition in which your parents brought you up. Or whatever has been exposed, you know, in your life, you're obeying those things and you're slaved to those things. And the Bible says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can, loudly, you can, you can choose to obey God, which leads to Righteous living. Again, I'm, I'm emphasizing on this so you understand. This is your choice. Don't ever say God didn't give me what... No, this is your choice. You can choose to continue to be a slave of sin or you can choose to continue to obey God. Verse 17. Somebody say, thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly, you obey this teaching that we have given you. How many of you are being taught the word of God this morning? And you have to wholeheartedly obey it. Not half-heartedly. Not because of, you know, I like this church, but you know, this pastor seems very hard on this. No, not, not half-heartedly, but because you know, this is something you love. You want to do this wholeheartedly. Thank God we have a reason to worship this morning because once upon a time you were slaves to sin, but now you've wholeheartedly chosen to obey this teaching. Verse 18, now you're free from the slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. That's why Paul said, that's why Paul said, don't use your body parts for sin. Instead, use it to glorify God. Instead, give yourself completely to God because there is no neutral ground here. You're either serving Satan or you're serving God. There is no, no, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to figure out life. No, you're not. You're either, you're either headed towards hell or you're headed towards life. You're either headed to death or you're headed to eternal life. 
So you need to know where you're headed. You need to understand. I'm not saying that you cannot take time. I'm just saying that you need to understand there is no in-between here. We are all slaves. Either we are slaves to sin or we are slaves to God, to righteous living. Paul goes on to explain in verse 19, because of the weakness of your human nature. In other words, he's saying, because, you know, if I teach these kingdom principles in human language, all of you will, you know, feel like it's going above your head. You will not understand it. He says, because of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery. Please don't walk out of this place saying, you know, my pastor says slavery is good. See, how slavery was practiced in the world is different from what the Bible is saying. Because many people used scripture to keep people under slavery. Saying, oh, you know, Bible says you should be slaves. No, no, that's not. Paul is saying, I'm using slavery as an illustration. Because in your human nature, you cannot understand what I'm trying to teach about the principles of the spirit world. In the spirit world, the moment you are empty, it's an invitation to enter. You know that a demon, you know the story? Jesus said, when a demon leaves and it comes back after two months, it comes back to find this house is clean. Come on, clean and swept, but empty. You know what this demon does? I'm talking about what's in your Bible, okay? It says this demon goes and brings seven more demons. Now how many demons are there? Eight. You go to church the next Sunday, the pastor casts out all eight demons. Then Wednesday, the demons come back to check. Now eight will bring seven, 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 seven more. Now next Sunday, how many demons this person has? How do you think this guy was filled with 6,000 demons? Do you know Jesus had to cast out 6,000 demons? And then every time he would do this, he would say, hey, now go and sin no more. Go and don't live like that anymore. He, he, would, he would change their life. He would give them a different lifestyle. Why would he do that? Because he knows that in the spirit dimension, you cannot remain empty. If the moment you remain empty, demons can possess you. And the Bible says, hey, this is just an illustration to explain to you that you're either slaves to sin. He says, previously you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led, even, uh, ev led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. So that I can become holy. So what do I need to do? I need to give myself. Give myself. Keep giving myself. A hundred person. You know, when we're coming and singing songs in church saying, Lord, I give myself away. What are we doing? We are, we are making our declarations. Lord, I give myself. This is the posture of my heart. I give myself to you so that I can, I, I know that I'm righteous because of what Jesus has done, but I need to become holy. Becoming holy is a process. It says, so I can, so you will become holy. Verse 20, when you are slaves to sin, you are free from the obligation to do right, which means the opposite is also right. Now that you are slaves to God, you are free from the obligation to do sin. You understand that? It says verse 21, and what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things that you used to do. Things that end in death, in eternal death, in eternal doom. Verse 22, but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. How many of you are proud slaves of God? How many of you are happy to be slaves of God? How many of you are excited to live a life of slavery to God, His will, His purposes? That's why we pray this prayer, not my will, but yours be done. You know that slaves don't have their own will, their own choice. Slaves give their free will to their master. The master gets to have the final say, the final call. He says, hey, now you and I, we, we, are, we are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and that lead to eternal life. There are some things that don't lead to holiness. There are some things that don't result in eternal life. We are saying no to that today. There is a narrow way that the Lord is calling us to. A narrow way, a holy way. 
a, a way that leads us to holiness and results in eternal life. Last verse for the day, verse 23. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This free gift of grace is that we experience eternal life. That when we follow this Jesus, when we believe in this Jesus, we experience eternal life. All eyes closed. Thank you for tuning in to today's sermon. We hope this word has been a blessing to you. Do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information. You're welcome to tune in every Sunday for a live celebration service at 11 a.m. at youtube.com forward slash Pastor Prajeev. God bless you and have a blessed week.